You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. I just want to remind you, because I'm reminding myself, that uh, you got to slow down sometimes. I think, you know, I'm so excited and so is everybody else to like reopen things and and be conscientious because we've all worked so hard to, you know, take care of ourselves in this time. But at the same time, like I'm getting a little burned out. I don't know about you. Um, So, yeah, I'm just I'm so happy. Thanks for listening to Tell Me on a Sunday. And uh, I want to talk a little bit about uh, our guest. But before we get into it, I want to tell you that my friend Brendan has his latest season of Wait in the Wings. It's on YouTube. Season three is out. I got to watch like a special screening of it. Basically what happens is he gets to be a dramaturg, a documentary maker on all of your favorite musicals. And he started season three out with Hades Town, And it is one of the best things I've ever seen. Um, if you love m- movie musicals or if you just love musicals and you love documentaries that are kind of like funny but also like give you great insight into your favorite shows, you need to subscribe to Wait in the Wings. I just, I want you to do that. Brendan is amazing. Um, I'm so proud of him. And we had a, a great little convo about the upcoming season, but he was so cryptic. And I was like, well, you know what? I'm just going to have to subscribe. I'm just going to have to do that. So I did. Anyways, um, please check it out if you're into that. And uh, let me know what you think. Let him know what you think. Let him know that you uh, watch it. Hi, guys. It's been a minute since we got to talk. I hope you're having a lovely week. Uh, This happens to be my birthday week, which I would not normally... (sighs) I, You know, there are all these people in the world that uh, celebrate their birthday like aggressively. And I'm not sure that I'm one of those people, but the only reason that I even bring it up is because like last year, my birthday was really uh, traumatic. Um, (laughs) It wasn't, it wasn't that good. Um, I mean, cut to a scene where I'm rescuing my cat from my old apartment and trying to get to my friend's apartment that I am inhabiting in Brooklyn, um, in an Uber. And I, and I threw up on the side of, of the East village while we were in the Uber on the way with my cat, just because I was so stressed um, about the whole situation. And this birthday was not that this birthday was really lovely and, and beautiful. And I got to celebrate it with a lot of people that I care about and my family and, um, gosh, got to eat the best food of my life. If you go to my Instagram, you can watch some of these reels that I've been posting about food. I don't feel worthy of the food that I was ingesting is the point. Uh, But I took a couple of weeks off from the show, even though I was very much planning on having it crank out every single week. Um, There was a bit of a, of a, like a tech scare. Someone who we think we know who it was um, hacked 
a lot of my devices, my family's devices, um, and was sharing uh, false narratives, I guess, about any one of my family members and me. And it was really scary and embarrassing, traumatic. And I was like, you know what, I'm, I need to like not uh, put out my podcast right now because I'm scared. And and I just I'm tired of being scared all the time. Um, If you got to listen to her story, you know that it's a journey. And um, I appreciate all the people that have listened to that. Today is no different. Today is is a wonderful story time session with a friend of mine who I've known for quite a few years in New York. Um, their name is Javier de Bruin. If you don't know their name now, you're going to know their name in the future because they are an incredible multi-hyphenate playwright, uh, performer, writer, creator, impact producer. Javier is queer, trans, Latinx, also all around badass person. <laughs> That's kind of how I would describe them. Uh, you've probably seen their work in in disclosure as far as like you know impact producing and and creating these incredible documentaries um trans and trump plan bedlam philly da uh, they're writing luciernagus which they're going to talk about on the show which i'm really excited about mcc theater um as a co-writer for this is where we go their accolades no no bounds i'm really honored and excited to introduce to you if you don't know them already Javier de Bruin, here is my conversation with Javi. And now we're doing it. <laughs> hey. <laughs> oh, God. Javi, the last time I physically saw you was uh, at the wing. <laughs> Do you realize I that? I forgot about the wing. <laughs> I, I forget about it. And then I was going through a purse of mine the other yeah. day. And there was a like wing bucks. Oh. Um, and then I was like, I guess I didn't use these. Should I cash them in? Should I be like, hey, guys, are you able to correct all of your wrongs? Also, can I have a chai? Can I have a chai? <laughs> it won't make up for everything, but you could give someone a chai. <laughs> it will literally make up for nothing. Yeah. Um, have, do you follow Flew the Coup? I do. Yeah, I do. And I also feel like my experience at the wing was like the best parts of it were like the friendships I made with folks who worked there. Yeah, with the people that work there. Yeah, because right? like the the like folks on the staff there were the most awesome people. Yeah, most awesome. Were... I mean, I met some cool other like I met some cool oh, wing members yeah. as well. But like, yeah, the like that the like space the like the folks in the space working in the space were the best. Yeah, it's funny because I I met so many of those people through. Uh, members that I had known and so it's funny because like all those people kind of agreed that it was like the end of it if anybody's listening and doesn't know what the wing is absolutely <laughs> google it google the shit out of it google you will, the wing you will crack up at these articles I'm sure there's one like by the cut about it was basically like a very she she frou frou ha ha um country club for people um predominantly like femme based and like it was it was cool for what we wanted it to be, but all of the people that like ended up going, half of the people I would say, like should have had another space to to do what they wanted to do, and then the other half were like a bunch of uh, predominant like white women having a place to like do their makeup. <laughs> yeah, was, I don't know how else to describe. <laughs> it was millennial pink and shiny and had pretty couches and i feel like that's a hundred percent the appeal which i I went the first time i went to the wing i was someone's guest 
um, who I was working with. And I was like, can I be here? Um, and I, <laughs> that, like, it, that was like right at the outset of me coming out as non-binary. And so I was like, do I have space here? But I was like, but it's really pretty. There's a, there's like a sunken couch and I can see <laughs> Brooklyn Bridge. Like this is a nice for like a co-working space. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And then it's like, if you have, I was like, well, if I have to pay for a co-working space, like I might as well have a like pink velvet couch to sit on. Yes. And also there's so many times where you're in, especially in New York City, where you're like, I just like need a place to pee and um, mm-hmm. I need it to be safe. Yeah. And then what we learned, unfortunately, what we learned about the wing is that it was not, not safe. safe. Nope. Um, the people that they had also started like, ex- I don't know. It was just, um, it's unfortunate. Also, go follow uh, Flew the Coup. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's, uh, it's also interesting. But um, I love, I also love watching the inner workings of like, what happens when a place like that gets called out? Yeah. I don't know if it's anything. I don't know. I, I mean, it's peak white feminism, right? It's, yeah. yeah, yeah. And, and it, uh, it was interesting for me because I also went to a historically women's college. Oh, um, where'd you go? I went to Smith. Um, and so I was like oh yeah all of these conversations seem familiar except that (laughs) at Smith it's like a lot more I don't know that you like like that's I feel like like Smith is like low-key where I got my lack of total lack of chill Uh, Um, I mean I've always had it but like What is your, do you mind me asking, what is your sign astrologically? I don't normally ask that. Well. (laughs) I actually do want to know in this moment. Yes. Well, oh, well, I have an interesting, I've got a doozy. So first Mm. off, I have a Leo stellium. Okay. That's where I was like, okay. I was like, we're, I think we're both chaotic Leos. I've talked about this on another podcast called Untitled Cinema Gals. Shout out to them because they're great. Um, But we all were chaotic Leos. We just kind of like sat there and we were like, wait wait i love it <laughs> it seems like that energy okay keep going keep yeah going. big big leo energy i have a leo sun and then uh-huh. all my um not my rising or moon but all my other personal planets are in leo so mercury mars and venus are all in leo for me wow a lot of leo so strong a lot of That's... leo and then my moon is in capricorn so that doesn't help with the no chill no <laughs> How did, how did your parents do this? It's like big boss energy. But then my, uh, here's here's the thing that I feel like, like soothes it, like simmers okay. it all at all. My uh, rising sign is in Pisces. Okay. So there's like some water in there to just be like, shh, 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 shh. <laughs> A creek, not a river. A creek. Yeah. <laughs> just uh... A creek runs through it. <laughs> oh, God, that's funny. Well, that, that explains a lot. Um. For people that don't know. Oh, God. I don't, you know, I I need to, you know what it is? Unfortunately, I've got to go into a very chaotic space. Yeah. (laughs) Also, if you didn't. It's handy and it's also scary and they prey upon you. Guys, I didn't know. I really didn't know. I, like, I have it because it's a quick, easy, I feel like it's a quick, easy reference point for me. If I'm like, wait, where is my Jupiter again? Um, (laughs) (laughs) But uh, I don't, I hate the, like, 
messages that they give you the day-to-day messages where it's like they're they're just so dramatic and they're so not helpful and they're so full of like shame and blame and like doom and gloom and i'm just yes. not here for it co-star no I'm it feels like bullying it. yeah but they do track you what you uh watch and what you buy that's that's part that's why they're one of the apps that actually tracks a lot of your day-to-day so if they see that you're not getting a lot of text messages or if you're not like if you're putting out a lot and then not getting a lot back they they prey on your vulnerability um <laughs> i don't know why i'm surprised by that that's- but yeah because i read this article and i was like hold evil. it up and that's why a lot of people have turned away which i didn't realize um but no i've got like well i'll just delete that i have a, a like computer printout paper from years ago with my like legit birth chart with on all of your stuff based <laughs> on like your like time and date like yeah. i'm i'm a sun and leo i'm a moon and aquarius and then an okay. ascendant and cancer but my mercury's in leo venus is virgo like i i kind of like get to mix all of them whatever yeah but, um, yeah, I don't know. I feel like that's in a way weirdly similar because Aquarius moons and Cap, like Aquarius moons and Capricorn moons, like we're both very like, uh, we don't want, we're private with our emotions, right? Mm-hmm, we're like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but the Leo is like, hey, hi. You know? <laughs> and so I always say that I'm like an extroverted introvert. Yeah. Like I could do yeah. this. I could do this all day probably. Yeah. And then like if you and I, which will segue into how we have met, um, one hour parties once every two months. <laughs> one hour parties. Yes. Uh, thanks to Kara Zalaya, fan of the pod and also frequent guest because um because she's dope. She's dope. And she knows some shit. She knows so much, but like you guys met when you were working together. Can I say where? Yeah, yeah. Okay, roundabout. Mm-hmm. You you all have heard of it, the Roundabout mm-hmm. Theater Co. Um, and you were there for a while, I feel like. Most of the time oh. I've known you. Um, for yeah. two years? Oh, okay. <laughs> I thought you were there for like literally eight years. Um, <laughs> no. Oh, God. Thank God. I just have that world weary. Like, I think when you make, because we were working doing uh, like fundraising cold calls. Yeah. Um, and selling subscriptions. And like, I feel like when you have to do that kind of thing, it's like you've been there for eight years after eight months. You're just like, oh, oh. yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah. Having to talk to so many people. And like similarly to you, I think of myself as an ambivert. Like I'm mm. definitely extroverted, but I really do need like recharge time. Yes. Um, and I learned through that job that I have like mild to moderate phone anxiety. And so oh, wow. having to like talk to that many people a, a day. Yeah. You know, and even like who are who you know are just gonna be annoyed. Like no one likes to get a a solicitation call no one likes that hey <laughs> but i don't, I don't know what, what you're doing like, <laughs> you're like i love it no no it's like you go hey i know that you could be working you could be mm-hmm. taking time off you could have just had a death in the family how would you like to spend hundreds of dollars on theater for real <laughs> and it's like it's good theater i think that they're yeah. doing a lot of great stuff i like how they've started to actually actually pivot you know what i mean like yeah, i think they've yeah, talked yeah. about it for a long time but now they're i feel like oh i'm like you're putting your money where your mouth is so so we met at a one r which is yes. where Kara Zalaya and Mackie Saylor, yeah, I'm saying their names 
in real life. Mm-hmm. Um, they would have these like really great parties and that's where I would meet such wonderful people like you. And um, <laughs> we were all with different, I'm just now realizing this, like we were all with different people. We were. <laughs> we were, all of our partners were different. We were all with our like, uh, what you would like first pancakes are always fucked up. Not that they were our first partners, but like, no, <laughs> but we but we don't speak of them fondly and we no. certainly crop them out of photos <laughs> we were all with our crop out partners <laughs> a quick snip <laughs> yeah um but we we all have kind of just been like cheerleaders for each other in life and and i'm whenever kara has praised the hell out of you i hope you know that you are so beloved by your community Aww. um anytime <laughs> like literally she, like she would just like message me she'd be like did you see uh javi's uh doing this documentary <laughs> and i'd be like no what <laughs> that's great so i want to get into that but i also want you to tell me the story of because i'm i'm very curious i've never asked these questions um like when did you start writing like when did you start storytelling when did you um when were you like I like theater as an art form. I like, cause, cause we did like a, what was it? A scripted, like Shakespearean podcast. We were going to do that. Right. Lend me your ears. I forgot about that. Michael Fling, 2017. I totally forgot about that. That was fun though. Yes. (laughs) Yeah, it was fun, but I realized, and and then you were talking about, you're like, oh, I'm a playwright. And I was like, what? (laughs) I had no idea, which was so yeah. cool. But I want to know more about it. So if you can lend me your ear. Oh, oh. such a good title. Of poem. Uh, please tell me, like, uh, tell me the journey, the story of you getting into all of that. Yeah, I feel like the journey begins with a very uh, emotional, soft, anxiety-ridden baby hobby. Oh. writing in my journals. I've actually kept a journal since I was 11. Um, wow. And yeah, I've had journals that whole time. And that was, that's where I first started writing was journals. And they, you know, their early years, they were real bad. <laughs> Not that I was writing bad, like- for anyone. Yeah. But I kind of was, I feel like, I feel like when I first started writing in my journals, I was like, you know, there's all these, like, I really liked the, the like, Harriet the Spy and, like, all, I feel like there were a lot of, like, movies and shows at some point about kids and their adventures, and it would always center around their diary as, like, the narrator. So I would be there with my little gel pen, you know, imagining in my head the narrator uh, reading out, like, the things that I was saying and, like, you, you were know, the main my, character exactly and all my woes so it's like (laughs) yeah I think that's those are like my writing roots is really in that in that navel gazing journaling tease that's so wild yeah I always it's one of those things that I always people always told me I was a good writer I always got Mm. a lot of validation and in like many different forms so sometimes you know be an essay for class or be like a poem or something but I but that was always affirmed but I never saw it as a path a career path it just Mm -hmm. was a thing I liked to do and it was a thing that I sort of found a way to weave into anything I was doing um Mm -hmm. and it took me until 
I don't know, I was like 26 or 27 to realize that this was an important storytelling is important to me. Mm. Um, I, for many, many years, um, as a like emotion, an emo and soft little anxiety ridden child, who's also a Muppet, as you well know. Oh my gosh, we are all Muppets. That's a whole other pod. <laughs> we are all Muppets. Um, I knew I loved to perform. Mm. Uh, and I knew that I loved the attention of performing. Um, and then after I was, you know, blessed to go through therapy for the first time at the age of 25, <laughs> I was like, oh, I think that I just wanted the attention but I don't actually get to what I, but what I really wanted was to feel heard and to feel mm. seen because mm. I grew up in a place and in a way where I just never felt, you know, I'm a, I'm a lot and there was not a lot of familiarity with the people around me with like the things that I'm about. And so I never really felt seen, you know? And yeah. I think that drew me to performing in part because I'm a ham and it's fun and I like the validation and the intention, but in part because I wanted to be seen and heard. And I had this moment where I realized that acting alone was never going to do that for me because I was always going to be playing out someone else's else's story, Mm -hmm. someone else's vision. And so I sort of was like, well, I know I'm good at writing. I had taken my favorite class um, in undergrad was a playwriting class favorite class didn't take that as a cue but that was like my absolute favorite class <laughs> you're like I'm not gonna professor. lean in but it feels no. like you know what that was fun like I was very good at it it was my favorite teacher but like I don't know I'm gonna go do this though <laughs> and I was like well I know I can write so what if I wrote things for me to be in um and that sort of opened my mental pathway to giving myself the shot to write but then I realized once I was writing that I was like oh don't look at me don't perceive me (laughs) I want to I really I I reached this point and I guess this was really my Saturn return where I very much like retreated into not wanting to perform anymore not wanting to play the roles that I had that were expected of me that I had been projecting and playing my whole life. And now, you know, in hindsight, like I look back at that and I see how much of that was tied up into explorations of my own gender um, and a whole lot of other stuff. I was like, Ooh, something's not right here. Something's not authentic. Something's not hitting it right. You know? And I don't want to be out there. I want to be, I want to turn inward and figure out what this is. Um, yeah. And so that sort of was what led me to playwriting mm, back, mm-hmm. back to playwriting in truth. And I took a class actually, thanks to Kara, uh, <laughs> we were talking about taking classes yes. at, um, ESPA, which is, oh, and I'm going to blink on the name of the, uh, org that it is, but it's, it's, it's they do a whole series of, they do acting and they do writing classes. Oh, um, okay. And I took a class there. My teacher there was so wonderful. And I wrote, you know, what has now become my first full length play. 
that I have now been developing um, out Luciernegas, which I'm, you know, currently developing for, it was supposed to have a live actual you know debut in you mean like a real play yes like the like a play does but uh with the pandemic that was not able to happen so we did a virtual workshop instead but okay. you know knock on wood that's coming back this fall there'll be a actual staged version of it that's right um details tbd but yeah, so that's and that's where I wrote my first actual play ever. And it was the kind of thing where I felt self-conscious having this late in like late 20s, early 30s career shift of suddenly being like, no, I'm actually not trying to do this at all. I'm not trying to do this thing that I was wanting to do or thought I wanted to do for so long. Mm-hmm. Um and I want to try this. And now, you know, seeing the other, seeing other emerging playwrights who were often younger than I, but had had more experience by virtue of being on the path longer. Oh, I know. I know. It made me really self-conscious for a while. Um, it's a, the, There's also a paywall. Like, let's be like, yeah. like you know what I mean? Like there's tra- some transparency there because I, I view it all the time. And I'm like, oh, maybe if I had gone to like Yale drama, <laughs> like I do that all the time where I'm like, oh, maybe, you know what? Maybe my circumstances would be a little better. And it's like, no, like, stop. I don't want to do that to myself anymore because that's not going to happen. Although, I mean, thanks to David Geffen, I guess we could all go for free. Um, but <laughs> okay. I mean, okay. But that's I've been the thing. meaning to yeah. apply. So watch out, Yale drama. <laughs> yeah. Like there's, yeah, maybe, maybe we'll just get in now. Um, but that's the thing is like, you know, uh, with, with your great work and like with anybody's great work. Um, and then we see younger people like on the path and then they get their work picked up by like New York theater workshop. And then they get their work picked up to go to the vineyard and then they get the, like, there's, there's all these paths that we all watch, especially like out of jealousy or whatever. And I'm not saying that you are, but like, sometimes it's happened to me and I go, what the, and then I'll go, wait, who's their dad? (laughs) Or like, who's, you know, like, where do they get to go to school or like, what do they get to? And then I have to like, stop myself Hmm. because then it's all so comparative and all, and, and everything. So just like, writing and then doing you won a new dramatist award i did not win i did no, not you win. were okay sorry mm, let me go back. <laughs> i did not win I you were a finalist you were a finalist i was a semi-finalist yeah, yeah for the princess grace award in 2019 with my first play that's what that's what i'm saying like so i just <laughs> want to remind you that like the work's damn good and so i actually you know we were gonna talk about it later but i want to talk about it now because you brought lucy us up I've listened to you on an, an, another pod talk about the inception of that. If you feel comfortable without giving the play away, uh, will you tell the story of that? Was it one particular day or weekend? Well, so Lucy, Lucy Ernegas or Angel Dearest, which Angel Dearest, Angel Dearest. Yeah. 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 So yeah. Angel Dearest is my, my, the play I'm working on currently that uh, mm-hmm. is, being developed as part of my work with the partnership Radio Roots Writers Group. Um, we just I just did a reading of it with the Artist Theater of Boston, and we're hopefully going to do like an encore stream because I know everyone's tired of Zoom theater, so I don't expect everyone to come to every Zoom. But we oh, have, I, I know. <laughs> I have a thing in September, the week yeah. 
the week that theater is opening up in New York, I'm like, can you guys go the fuck home and watch my fucking play, please? So I'm like, for the cost of $5, you could yeah. order, um, I don't know, Quiznos. I don't yeah. know what you're eating. Um, so anyways, yeah, I want to talk about Angel Dears because the, the story inception was just so interesting. And I was like, I don't know if this is funny or absolutely tragic but it could be both and i want to know about your because it's about your your, very very close to home for you yeah yeah it's a family play it's a kitchen sink play about my family um it so happy birthday angel dearest is loosely based on my sibling's birthday party a few years back uh my sibling is like my favorite person on this planet hands down um and they also uh, are on the autism spectrum and have schizoaffective disorder. And, you know, there's a really particular unique dynamic within my family that is really that combination of what you just said. It's amazing and absurd and hilarious and at times tragic. But, you know, whose family isn't? Yeah. But it's just, you know, we, we do it in our own unique flavor and way. And this particular party, um, you know, I, I was there uh, with, a, with, my, with an ex who is, is the one RX. And um, we were, <laughs> yeah. after we left, you know, I turned to him and I was like, I have to, this is a play. Like, what did we just see? And like, props, wow. to, him, props to him on the like, train home we <laughs> took notes i was like okay, oh so my this god and then this happened because it's just it literally felt like i was living a play unfolding before me it's um, like when you're watching something and you go am i in august osage motherfucking county right now like <laughs> and the thing is the reason that that particular evening stuck out to me is because it was so emblematic of i've had a million nights like that with my family, you know, and it, mm. it felt like this is so emblematic of that, but you don't get to see this. You always get to see this with white families, frankly. Uh, you don't really get to see this with, but my family is Latinx. Um, you don't really get to see this with people, families that are not white. You don't get to see this where there is, you know, different, like all of these intersections of queerness and transness and, yeah. um, that's you know, not there to be a spectacle yeah exactly <laughs> like the one lesbian sister and then there's right. like the one alcoholic so-and-so and i'm like right. these are like real first of all that's a real disease second of all right. like that, that's not just like oh it's funny because they drink a lot um so i think that i'm so glad that you <laughs> see it recognize it and then recognize that those stories have to be told because i don't see them <laughs> no i don't either yeah. but i was i think they're interesting to tell um, and I struggle with, you know, the responsibility of writing for someone like my sibling. I, I am, I don't know if, I guess I'm not technic. I technically, I suppose, I'm neurotypical. I have an anxiety disorder, so I'm okay. not, I, I understand, I have a, an understanding of certain things that, uh, but I don't. I am not on the spectrum to my knowledge, um, might have ADHD that I cannot confirm or deny. I don't know. But, um, you know, 
being I'm I was really cautious of the fact that a lot of times people tell stories and it becomes this like othering spectacle like you said and I hope that this play is not that because this it's not it makes means so much I haven't more read it but it's not exactly <laughs> it's because it's your lived experience anytime somebody's yeah. like well I'm like you know that's like my life right yeah yeah <laughs> you were there yeah. you took notes that's insane that you took notes by the way yeah like that's awesome notes. yeah yeah so you know it was it was wild. I mean, and a lot of the elements, so I write with in a magical realist genre usually. Mm -hmm. And so there's definitely things that did not happen that are in the play. Um, And it's, of course, you know, it's changed for a lot of things so that it makes, so that there are certain things that make more sense for it as a story, as a play theatrically. Okay. Uh, So there are things in that play that did not really happen that are not, as they were um but there are but the sort of structure is very similar i mean um you know i had a, a an uncle visiting from out of town who joined us uh, my my dad's half brother we had our my i had a, a neighbor who i grew up with who is an amazing irish man um and he was there and he brought a poem for my sibling as a birthday present he was like, here you go. Here's this poem. Thank you. Uh, and the poem that they read in the play is the poem that he brought. And, uh, you know, both my sibling and I, I'm trans. I don't want to put, I don't want to put labels onto my sibling that, that they don't use. Yeah. Uh, but both of us very much are, you know, beyond this binary. And, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I think most recently they've described themselves as bi-gender. Um, but so I wanted to create this space where there was just sort of like this full fan, the full fantasy of things that we've talked about. Right. Yeah. Um, and, but you know, there a lot, so a lot of it is it's there, there's a lot of details in there that are real. There's a very dramatically timed part that literally happened oh thank god oh <laughs> you're like no 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 i didn't throw that in it no no, no. that was there yeah and it's funny because um when i was working on this in writer's group and i had brought a scene to the table and it, it was a challenge for me because this is a play that i don't feel one scene doesn't necessarily give you a look at the whole play so as i was bringing like things piecemeal you know, I, it, it was, I was getting, you know, constructive feedback, but also it was hard to be like, but, but there's much more here, you know? Um, but I remember the scene that I brought in where there was a fart and we had a whole conversation about like, why the fart? Why is it there? And I was really trying not to be like, because that literally happened. It's <laughs> you know, hard because to do I that, to, right? Uh, uh, but it was like, it there, because that's, that's how it went down I don't know what to say (laughs) but it feels you know it felt again it just felt like it it shared up a dynamic in my family that I feel like is honest and silly you know and that I wanted to share so there it is (laughs) no it makes sense I mean it's it's good it's smart it's um it's 
thought out, but also, yeah, you, it's, it's the weird thing of like when something's a real thing and then you're writing, you're like, and other people are collaborating, which you're like, I'm supposed to do this. I'm supposed to collaborate. Like I'm supposed to listen. Um, sometimes you're like protective. Cause you're like, but I know the truth of it. I don't know. Like, I know the real thing of like where we were and how yeah. it felt. And so you want to do the both of like listening and understanding, you know, these people might have like good takes. And then at the same time, like stay true to like what you know to be true, because it can yeah. feel like, cause you're like, I don't want to lie. It's like, no, no. You're, not lying. you're not lying. <laughs> and that's, that's it right is it is a balance I think when you're telling stories that are so personal between what are the honest dynamics that you're going to put in there and sometimes it's like honest fiction so Mm -hmm. it's like something that never happened but like reflects the reflects the overall like the emotional honesty of what's there Mm um and yeah it's been a wild ride and seeing it hearing it in the workshop um the reading the other day was really special it was really special to see what other people it's always fun to see what other people do with it especially coming from an acting background i really yeah. love seeing actors work and do their thing with it and directors and they like bring out things that i didn't even realize were there or hadn't put there consciously you know mm-hmm. um so it was really, really a fun process, and I'm excited to see how it develops. Uh, we're developing the play as an audio play initially um, for the parsnip ship. So, you know, at a time TBD when it, when we can make that happen, that'll be yeah. out for people to listen to. And yeah, I think that what I started to do also with that play what I really, what ha- what I feel like the pandemic sort of taught me and helped me lean into is really feeling like I want to write things that are joyful. Mm-hmm. I want to write, specifically, I want to write trans joy. Mm-hmm. And I felt that you know right I wrote most of this play in lockdown and (laughs) but it was so it's a story that has painful elements because like yes my sibling was in the hospital at the time and it was a period of time where they were in and out of the hospital uh, Mm. you know consistently for for several years um and it was a hard time for my family And it was a hard time for my sibling. And, but I didn't want this to take, you know, I want, I want to write things that show that all that can, can coexist because I really think that we don't live our lives emotionally compartmentalized. Oftentimes when we're going through the hardest shit in our lives, we can have some of the most amazing moments and we're, we can still experience joy through pain and we can still be having painful times when really wonderful celebratory things are happening in our lives. And we like to compartmentalize that. And I think that it's really, there's a freedom in being able to acknowledge both things simultaneously. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't, did you see MCC's, um, all the Natalie Portman's? Yeah. It's funny thing. Uh, <laughs> CA Johnson is a college friend of mine. We did acapella together. 
obsessed. <laughs> fucking obsessed. That I is love her. Fucking funny. I well, then I'm really glad life. that I will know. We'll keep this in because I was like, I don't, I don't know if that's a weird thing to say, but like, I feel like just hearing you talk about like how you see joy and like some of your painful writing, but also in like a surrealist, like kind of like, uh, I just, I, I, that was one of the last things I saw. Yeah. Same, same. I, I went, I went on Valentine's Day. I saw it with my <laughs> partner. Okay, romance. <laughs> I don't know if that was, it wasn't not romantic, but it, I don't know. Anyways, it was, yeah. I really loved it. Um, and I just was so excited by that type of work coming through. And, and I know that you've worked yeah. with MCC like recently on a project. Can you tell me the story of that? Because yeah, I just want to know. It's it, it was an audio experience, correct? Am I remembering this? Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. So, uh, this is again with the partnership with the radio roots writers group we when when everything was shut down um ivan edebury who is the host and co-founder of it um and who's just an amazing force in theater and is now working at signature theater and um like watch out because she's just gonna take theater in a a star direction that it needs to go in. Um, she's a boss, it's like full boss energy. Um, and she was taught, she had been talking to a lot of theaters that were like, Oh, what a novel thing. We'll make audio theater. And, you know, it was like, Hey, well, there's actually people who have been out here doing that. So maybe you don't need to reinvent the wheel. Maybe you can consult with people who have been doing that. And Wait, hold on, hold on. What you're saying is really blowing my noodle. You're telling me that there are people <laughs> in the world already making the art that you are trying to look for. Interesting. Okay. okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretty much doing <laughs> stuff, right? Yeah. Um, and, you know, to MCC's credit, they uh, talked with Ivan and we did this collaboration and it's a six part radio play called this is where we go. It's available to stream anywhere. You stream podcasts. It's on Spotify, iTunes. Um, I think it's on Stitcher. I don't know. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And like the been one really nerd good about it. Has, I'm the one nerd who still has Stitcher, but uh, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's everywhere. It's, it's very easily accessible. Um, there's episodes on YouTube as well because we did some live episodes and there are some interviews with writers on, on YouTube. Um, and it is derived from the famous Octavia Butler quote about God is change. Right. Um, and that was sort of the inspiration, the prompt that we were given as writers and we were charged with writing a story collaboratively, which in theater is that's like, that doesn't happen a lot, you know, that's, so it was this interesting combination of it felt similar. I've never been in a television writing room, but it felt similar to (laughs) structured where we're all have ideas. We have storyboards and then we sort of each go off and write our own episode. Um, Wow. And we ultimately ended up doing a sort of uh, Amores Peros, like crash uh, babble thing where like all the stories intersect. Um, And crash and babble. (laughs) (laughs) Title of up. (laughs) 
Um, but yeah, so it, it did that. So we each have an episode, each of us, the, the four writers in the group. Um, and then the first episode and the last episode were written by two and two. So two of us wrote the first episode and then two of us wrote the, the last episode. Um, and we collectively came together with the story that sort of unifies folks. And the overall plot of it is that the, the sun disappears from the sky one day. And we follow different characters throughout different time periods as they deal with either the, the precursor or the, or the moment of the sun disappearing or the aftermath. Um, oh. And the question that is begged is, what do you do you create a new world or do you recreate the world as you knew it and a question for theater yeah in this moment Mm -hmm. um and certainly something we were all feeling last summer um and this summer as well right so um it was it was a very fast process I think maybe quicker than a lot of us because we all have our different distinct writing styles we all have our process you know Mm -hmm. and so it was a challenge you did we had to I think all had to work outside our processes in in different ways I really loved the challenge of it um and I found it really fulfilling to figure out how we could all tell the stories we want to tell that were all very different yeah we could make them all work together exactly yeah um so it was really fun and it felt really exciting to feel like this is a thing that's more accessible than a lot of traditional theater. And that's the thing that I really hope as we return to live theater that we take, I hope we don't just throw the baby out with the bathwater, you know, <laughs> like I hope we take away from this experience the ways that we can make theater accessible yeah and the ways that you know limitations are so important to creativity it's with limitation and with with boundaries and with um you know challenging a challenging set of circumstances that creativity can thrive so i hope that we i hope that it invigorates theater in the time to come i hope that we create new worlds we're gonna keep doing it either way i think that that's what it is i i can no longer expect people to do the right thing Mm -hmm. um or or do the best thing or do the most interesting creative progressive thing Mm -hmm. but i can keep going you can keep going we can we can keep uh you know, banging on the door. And if they don't let, you know, the door in, we're just going to, we're going to cut a hole in the bottom and then squeeze our way through the doggy door. Um, or, or we'll do it outside. Yeah. Or we'll do, or we're going to keep doing it. Outside. Theater, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and, and, you know, like we keep finding new organizations that we're like, okay, cool. I'll take my amazing work and do it somewhere else. I'll do it over yeah. here. And then yeah. that place will get praised and then they'll get the notoriety they deserve finally. And it's all, it's all this like, you know, cyclical stuff that, I, I kept, we all kept waiting for like these big institutions to be like, just pick one, just pick one. It can't just be Jeremy O'Harris. It no. can't. It's got to no. be everybody, you know? So that's not fair to Jeremy O'Harris. Like, right, uh, right. The other thing is he when, you, like, tokenism isn't fair to anyone because right, then right. you have to be everything to represent 
your community or communities, you have to be all the things. Yeah. And no one is all the things. Like No. We all have flaws. It's, and it's just boring. <laughs> like, let's get some variety. You know? Javi's like, it's all boring. I'm boring. <laughs> <laughs> so rude. I'm so rude. No, you're not. There, it's just there's... funny. It's, it's boring to honesty. take the same approach, you know? It's, it's not that the yeah. work that's produced is boring because there's obviously great work out there, but yeah. it's just the, the tactics that are, you know, the programming yeah. is boring. Like, come on. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's getting better. It um, is, it is, it is. I, 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 I see it. Um, I wanted to ask you, because I know we talk a lot about playwriting and fine arts and all that good stuff, but like you are heavily involved in documentary work. And I just wanted to know, like, how that happened. Like, can you tell me a story of, like, the inception and or, like, how you, like, you've got, like, there's there's a laundry list. I can't even, like, Trans and Trump land, it, Disclosure. There's so many. I'm just like, these are, like, big works. And I want to, I wanted to ask you about them. Like, how did, how did all of it happen? Yeah, it's some, I asked myself that because <laughs> I never foresaw, I like, I, documentary is awesome. I think it's can be a really wonderful tool and I and a really beautiful art form um, and a poignant way to see into the lives of people who aren't represented in broader uh, entertainment culture. Mm-hmm. And I never thought I would be in any way involved with documentaries. But um, I I'm ironically sort of got there by way of theater because I had worked when I lived, um, I lived in Los Angeles for six years and for uh, um, a few years of that time I had been working uh, out there at the Kirk Douglas Theater for Center Theater Group um, doing audience engagement mm. in the lobby doing like front of house patron engagement yeah and it was cool it was really cool and we were you know it, there's it was at the it was at a time when that was sort of like new for a lot of smaller theaters and working in a theater that was a smaller a, a theater for like sm- a smaller theater for newer more experimental work there was a little freedom to do stuff like that um but i got to see how much more enriched a theater experience um or any art experience can be by creating intentional community around it intentional space for people who are taking it in to talk about it um sometimes literally sometimes through a game or an activity you know um and someone who I worked with there a brilliant person who now works uh with the Sundance Institute um when I had moved to New York reached out to me one day and was like hey are you looking for work um you know I know of a doc filmmaker who's looking for some support some support with community outreach um and that filmmaker is Nancy Schwartzman who is the director of the documentary Roll Red Roll mm-hmm. um and which is on Netflix yeah um, and Nancy uh is you know on top of being a brilliant documentary film director also had worked herself doing impact producing in the documentary field and I worked with her for a little bit um and then actually i i left because then i was working full-time at roundabout um but then i you know went back when the the right before the film premiered uh in its festival premiere at tribeca to help with the impact campaign 
in large part because, you know, she was like, I think you could be really good at this. You have not done, literally done impact producing before, but you've done a lot of different things that play into it. And I, I thought, okay, that sounds really cool. And, you know, because not a lot of people know what impact producing is um, outside of the doc sphere, impact producing is a lot of things, but essentially it's working with filmmakers to, um, or, or any artist really, like working with an artist to engage audiences, uh, but all beyond just like you come to see, experience the thing and then you leave. Um, there's so, you know, we connect audiences with organizations and community groups who are doing work around issues that might be presented in a film um, and try to provide calls to action, um, try to set up screenings in, you know, unconventional places or find ways for people who might not normally have access to the, to a film to get access to it and to discuss it and really start these community conversations. Um, and that was something I was very familiar with just in a different context. Um, and so that's, where that started, I learned that I was good at it and that it's fulfilling. You're um, like, okay, I see. And it's, you know, it's an unconventional, it is a day job for me in many ways because I am a playwright. That's what I want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but I love that I talk about it as part of an ecosystem, a virtuous circle of, you know, I love that I can both make my work and try to put it out in the world. And then the flip of it is that I get to help other artists make their work as meaningful as possible to other people, you know, like really help, really help amplify the reasoning that they made for making it, you know, like help their work have the biggest impact that it can have. Um, And that's really cool and fulfilling. Um, And I've gotten, you know, through this process, I've, I've, been really lucky I've gotten to work with really amazing projects with really amazing filmmakers and I get to talk to amazing activists and thought leaders and change makers which informs your work as a playwright (laughs) yeah so it's all it all kind of sits together yeah it's all this funky ecosystem that I never would have guessed but here we are you say ecosystem and I say lasagna um famously the sailors made an incredible lasagna when i was hashtag uh alone in brooklyn i don't know how else to say it like i don't know what to label that time in my life i'm just gonna say hashtag alone in brooklyn Brooklyn. um and they brought and i was like this is all of our friendships in one delicious lasagna i mean it's like spinach you know what i mean so you're you're totally right but i also feel like it's a lasagna (laughs) it's a lasagna (laughs) No, I like that much better. Everybody's because everybody's so important, but you can't. When you take one thing out, it's like yuck. You know, no cheese. Stop. No tomatoes. All right, you need to go. Like I can't do it. I love it. Now I'm very hungry. Um, now we've reached (laughs) to that point where I'm hungry, and um, we we have this part of the show where we do a short story, and basically what happens is I will give you a word suggestion. I could say squirrel and you could tell a story about a fox and I'd be totally satisfied. Um, It's just a minute to get you going. It's like a two minute little moment to tell a story that you would not normally tell or that you made up. I don't really care. Uh, But I give you a word and then you give me a word. 
I can go first. You can go first, whichever you prefer on storytelling. I will leave it to you. Oh, um, <laughs> why don't you give me a word and cool. then I will give you a word. Cool. Um, I will set this timer. How long do we got? <laughs> you get two minutes. Two minutes. Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll. You got this. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. Um, all right. Your Javi, your short story time is two minutes. Your word is sprinkle. Go. Sprinkle. Uh, I was in a, a show called Sprinkles in Los <laughs> Angeles um, at the bootleg, bootleg theater, which now I think no longer exists. Someone's saving it, I think. But a show called Sprinkles, it was a uh, it was like a cabaret and I did two really, I think they were terrible pieces in hindsight. <laughs> okay, you know, you show up, you do what you can do. Uh, but I did a, a um, per, I guess, performance art, to it, uh, loosely piece, um, to the, the sweater song by Weezer that involved people pulling <laughs> threads out of a big sweater um, that had different, uh, I don't know, it was like, this thread is my codependency and this thread is my, my <laughs> to, weezer, to, to weezer. weezer and the audience was very very confused and it's okay it's okay i did the thing um and it was called sprinkles wow okay well you you were able to do that in a minute which first of all very impressive second of all did that really happen it really happened what an honor you shared that story today <laughs> that I would never have known or guessed. What have you, what's the weirdest thing you've ever done to the sweater song? It's not what you think. It's not what you think. <laughs> it's really not. It's not oh, what you think. God, that's great. Wow. I also love that we, we've always, and this is not to knock it at all. You could still do it today. And I'd be like, that's great entertainment. We all like look for so much meaning in songs that we love. Yeah. Like, like artistically, I think we all do that. And sometimes yeah. it's like, there's a song. And, you know, I will say because of my Pisces rising, I am very prone to very sad navel gazy songs where I just like, I like those sad soulful songs. And then people are like, are you okay? <laughs> there's a, there's actually a Weezer song that they did with AJR called all my favorite songs are sad and slow. I don't know that song, but now I'm going to know it. Now you're going <laughs> to know it. It's what plays us off. Oh, oh I yes. have another. I, uh, just since I made a short story, a Go. tangential addendum to that yes. is that I uh, went to a New Year's Eve party at the home of the bassist from Weezer uh, because uh, my ex's friend played Ultimate Frisbee, I want to say, with him um it New York, was in house it. and people it was LA people were pay, playing cornhole in the yard and there was karaoke happening next to like the platinum blue album it was a time so that's and my bonus like, story no no that well you got an extra minute because you you were so good with the one minute <laughs> wow 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 LA what a wild place I've 
I have yet to go because um, I'm scared of it. I, I think it's a lot of things, a lot of anxiety with like going. It's like comparative. I don't know. It's just like this weird, like my idea of it feels like I will be so self-conscious and like self-hating and or like not good. Like, it's just like, I don't know if I can do it. it- it can be that, but if you let yourself get past the surface, it's just a weird place. And that's what I love about it is it's just a weird ass place where you do shit like play cornhole in the yard of the bassist from Weezer. I mean, I don't know. That's uh, that's adorable. And um, I'm glad that you have that experience. I'm glad that's in there. After that talking ma- about like, oh, and then it was like on the way to that party, friends were talking about that documentary the staircase that's like a true crime doc mm-hmm. about the the woman who dies and they think the man pushed him down the stairs and some people think it's owls and i don't know that's la though like all of that weird that's la baby <laughs> that's and then, really- you're not really selling it to me <laughs> i'm just letting you know But at the same time, I do want to eat a lot of places there. So I think that that's what will take me. It won't be work. It won't be because I booked a pilot. It'll be because I literally just like I want to eat. Well, if you if you visit, tell me and I will give you a list of the weirdest places to go while you're there to have fun and to demystify. I would love that because I feel like everybody's going to tell me to like go to certain like border. I'm like, no, no, no. I'm not trying to live Romeo plus Juliet. (laughs) a la Baz Luhrmann. I'm trying to eat my way through LA. Oh, yeah. Say hello. A lot of of good food in LA. Yeah, yeah. I only go if there's good food. So that's me. That's what's happening. Well, so now that I've been inspired to give you a word. Oh, yeah. Here we go. And it's sweater. (gasps) Okay. Um, Sweater makes me think about this um, this sweater that actually... um, uh, a director friend uh, who I know also through the wing and uh, the Barrow group, um, Kate Robards got me this sweater that I have, I have never felt so connected to like an Argyle sweater. Like, because, okay. She'd see me wear this Rachel Antonoff, like I, I think they're like embryo, like vaginal situation. Right. And I was so excited about it. I was so excited about this uterine uh, sweater because I, I loved wearing it back home I was like I just really love it because I have a lot of like endometriosis problems and stuff and so I was trying to like learn how to like love the system that I yeah. do love and like you know what I mean like it's whatever it's yeah. everybody's like journey um but I I was like you know uh, um and then I was she saw me wearing that a lot uh, especially in rehearsals and then she got me this like argyle like came over the top of my um almost to my chin like a turtleneck uh but had like all of these like feminist uh like little labels all over the top of it but like sewn it like someone crocheted or no they knit like embroidered yeah very uh, like aggressively into the top part of this like it's part of the design like I mean, I'm not going to say Bill Cosby because we don't like, but like that era of sweater making. Do you know what I'm referring yeah, yeah, to? Yeah, yeah. The 80s, I, I wish I could find another. The I, I 80s should. Sweaters. 80s dad sweaters. Let's go there. Um, Good, Bill. Uh, <laughs> don't want to give space for him, but 
Anyway, so yeah, like um, it just felt like that. And it was like kind of like a little bit big on me. And I just felt seen by a sweater. I've never yeah. felt seen by an article of clothing like that before. And I was just like, this is silly. And I love her for that. That was really thoughtful. <laughs> but like, So now I just have some like very aggressively thumb sweaters. And I'm like, I got to like piece these out. Like I can't just like back to back. It can't be all that I do during Why the not? winter. But also Why maybe. Not, but also, Why not though? Why not? Be seen by those sweaters. Be seen. Uh, <laughs> there's a lot. There's a lot of like Rachel, and, and that was my two minutes. But there's so much like Rachel Antonoff, like uh, as a designer and like kind of a comedian in a way that she like does her clothing. Um, I just love her silly, absurd prints. And I wore when I got my vaccine head to toe this dress uh headband and mask all matching by her of this like dumb caviar print and i i love it so much i mean she's not dumb it's not dumb but like it's just so silly and yeah. i was so excited to wear it to get my vaccine and then she reposted my photo and i was like yes i feel so cool that's amazing <laughs> yes. yeah we love a silly print we love a silly print in the last like three years I don't know if it's everyone. I hope it's everyone. But I have truly decided to say I fucking don't care. This brings me joy and I'm going to put it on my body. Like, mm -hmm. I don't know why I spent so many years. I know why, because capitalism um for As years do. We, all do. we all do being like well this is how i should dress this is how i should dress for this this is how i should dress for that and and sure there's some like dumb like etiquette stuff with it or like you know uh casual stuff you know formal wear whatever but like i just love expressing myself now yeah. through through whatever dumb caviar print i want and that's i don't know i think that's where the style fun lives like yeah. Have you like, found yes, this? Wear, where you're you like wear an just... all matching caviar print set. Why is why not? Oh yeah. I live I live that. I think I found that. I think because I like never had very traditional paths, I found that in my twenties at some point and mm -hmm. just like kept going with it. And you're talking about sweaters and I'm thinking about a sweater. And maybe it was this sweater that really started it all. But uh <laughs> I have a sweater that was stolen from the Smith College uh, costume department yes. by a friend who will remain nameless for, for their protection. They're going <laughs> to come case, after you. Smith, uh, no. um, and uh, it is a sweater that is a bear chasing. It's an, it's an embroidery of like a bear chasing a hunter with a cannon and firing the cannon at the hunter. And it looks very like fall autumnal colors. So I think it must have been made in the 70s. Because you know how in the 70s, there was a lot of that like burnt orange and oh, like yeah. terracotta brownie. Like it's terracotta. like that. That yeah. is absolutely 76 to 78, a mm -hmm. hot point of like mm -hmm. dirt. Exactly, exactly. Hot dirt. It was, it's a hot dirt colored sweater with a bear chasing yeah. a hunter with a cannon. Yeah, that sounds right. Actually, I would like to see a, a sweater that started it all. I mean, I could go get it. Can you go get it? Yeah. Do you want to see it? <laughs> yeah. <I do>. Okay. <laughs> Hold, please. Hold, okay. please. Yeah. Oh, no. 
I'm so sorry, uh, everyone that um, Javi's up getting a sweater. I hope it's not. Are you ready? Yeah. yeah. You ready yeah, for yeah. this? Yeah. Okay. Here is this this bad boy. Oh wow! That this reveal is absolutely worth it. This that, is the Can you see that, all of it? Can you like, that way? Oh, the running! This is the running, little, gentlemen. That hunter is running. The yeah, the hunter is running. The bear is in charge of a cannon. Yep. The bear's like, <laughs> fuck off, buddy. And then there's like, you know, trees. Shrubbery. Wow. No, yeah. that's the best thing. That's yeah. the best thing. Wow. That Thank was you. nothing like I thought it would look and everything I needed it to be. Because I like that the image stopped and said, no, we can't possibly go on. Nope. The rest this is, is going to be is. ribbed. This is what it is. Yeah, yeah. And then it's just... <laughs> oh, and it's on front and back? Yeah. This is the back. The image is on both sides of you so that the people in front of you can see Coming that the going. bear is in charge. And then the back also. Yeah, so there's no... And it has these buttons. And the collar, I don't know if it was like overly starched, but the collar doesn't sit. So you just perpetually have a popped oh, collar. Oh, well, that's, that's, I think that's pure polo sexy. Starch, but like, you know, yeah. Yeah. Wow. That was really worth it. Thanks. I'm sorry that you had to go into your closet, but uh, that okay. was really important to me. I'm glad um, that I could, uh, I'm glad I could share, I could share this with this sweater with you. I, you did. And I appreciate it. Uh, Javi, is there anything that you particularly want to shout out into the world that you are doing that you want people to pay attention to besides me talking at the beginning of this because um of all the ways they can follow your journeys and uh follow your projects is there anything else that i could possibly shut out sure there's stuff coming that i can't okay i can't talk about yet um okay. but as there well whenever is, you have right? them just but i will them. say stay, but i but i can say like keep your eyes peeled for Luciernegas fall of 2021 uh details to come um keep your ears peeled for happy birthday angel dearest details to come um and something cool that just dropped today so not today when people are listening but today (laughs) when we're recording yeah um they uh one of the things that i have been working on with the documentary disclosure um eliza licked the impact producer and myself and the red owl team have been um putting together a series toolkits um that are like that basically it's toolkits so they have clips from disclosure they have they have um educational material that that can be drawn on um converse tips for how to start a conversation about disclosure there's a glossary of terms there's resources that people can turn to um and we've created it for all kinds of audiences um to engage who might want to engage with the film um we have a, a toolkit for universities and community groups um we have a toolkit for lawyers because we actually got a, a, a especially with all of the really awful um, anti-trans bills happening now. We've actually had a lot of 
lawyers expressed that the, that it was a really helpful tool for them. An awesome yes. judge in California um, is who is a trans judge is like has has used this to like share with with yeah. her colleagues. Um, and That's so an incredible resource. I want it to be required reading for high schools, middle schools sometimes. I mean, to be to be frank with you, because I. I, I find that it is more than a, a great documentary and a great film. Like, I think it's an actual tool that we will use for years, hopefully going forward that we can expand upon, um, yeah. especially in the entertainment industry, but beyond yeah. because the, there's the same- a youth toolkit. There's a toolkit for that. We put together with um, truth, which is a combination of the, it's a, it's a combined effort of the GSA network and transgender law center um, so we put that together so that to, with the hopes to like use it within GSA networks. So yeah, That's it's awesome. out there. So it's on, if you have oh. the disclosure website, um, mm-hmm. it's there, it's there, there are toolkits there. Um, you know, I think there, there is a, a fee for, or a suggested donation for institutions, but it's also one of the things where like money should never be a barrier to learning. So if you can't pay the fee, shoot us a note um and yeah so i want to shout out that um yeah awesome well thank you i really appreciate it and yeah i always want people i'll shout on the streets i'm like you guys need disclosure like having nothing (laughs) to do with anything i'm just like hey i'm just saying Um, yeah have you seen it because i know (laughs) if you've seen it you know what i'm saying um (laughs) this was really really lovely and i appreciate so much of your time and you've got so many great things that you're working on, but also like, I appreciate that you take the time to care for yourself. And I, I love, I love watching the way that you talk about things and yourself on social media a lot. I think that it's, it's helpful for, um, anybody's mental health journey. I don't mean that that's the only thing that you talk about. Um, but it's just like, I go, okay, cool. Yeah. Like self-respect. Got it. Got it. Got it. Yeah. Got it. I got it. I you know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's hard sometimes. So anyways, um, it's not, it's not very particularly curated, but yes, anyone can follow me. Mix Javi Quapex. M-X-J-A-V-I-G-U-A-P-X. Yeah. I post a lot of astrology memes mental health memes is good a lot of queer and trans memes um i've been sharing a little bit about my own transition and my own journey on there these days um yeah and about my plays so if there's something new coming up you can always find it there too um or or on my website uh jriveradebruin.com Eventually, somebody's gonna be like, "Oh my God, I remember hearing them on Tell Me on a Sunday podcast," <laughs> and then all of a sudden, their work. And then I went to the play and da 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 da. So, but in Listen, the meantime, you can you stream some amazing guests on this podcast. You are oh, amazing, so I am honored to be here. Thanks, Javi. This is really great. Oh, Yay. our heads are. Oh. <laughs> I'm bad at the I'm exhausted. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, I'm going to end our little broadcast. This was lovely. Thank you all so much for joining me on uh, Tell Me on a Sunday today. This was a lovely Sunday. Uh, I'm sorry that it it did not come out when I thought it was going to come out, but uh, it came out now. I want to shout out Kevin, Jeff, Joe, Triple Threats, Matt Damanini, Caitlin, Carson, and Marissa, Priscilla, Abigail, Rick and Margaret, who, you know, 
I love them. Uh, You guys are incredible patrons of mine, and I appreciate you so much. If you haven't already and you would like to, I would love it if you would go on all of my social media channels at It's Grace Aki and make sure that you are getting a either a live in-person ticket to see my solo show to free a mockingbird. I've been working on it for a, a long time now uh, with my director, Kate Robards, and now it's being produced by She ATL, and I'm so honored to be a part of them. Uh, it's going to be August 28th in Atlanta for the live show, and then the stream will begin September 11th at 7.30 p.m., and it will run for five days. So you could watch it at 5 a.m. or at 8 p.m. with a bunch of your friends as long as they're healthy and vaccinated. And uh, I just, I'm, I'm so excited about all these great opportunities that I have coming up. So thank you all for your support all of the time and have a wonderful week. We will see you soon. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.